My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the
For bringing us here to worship you today, Lord. Um, please be with Andrew as he comes and speaks. Just 
uh, speak to us, and whatever you want us to hear, just let Andrew speak um, and speak through him. And thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all can be seated. So honestly, uh, this guy doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to do it anyways because he deserves it. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. So Andrew Ow is going to come share with us. You may know Andrew, Papa Ow. Um, he hangs out with us all the time. You get to know him, um, but he's going to talk to you a little bit today. So if you would, give him your attention, and when you need this mic, it'll be up here. Hello? Oh, okay. I'm on. Cool. Well, good morning and welcome. How's everyone doing today? Good. Good. I need two volunteers, a girl and a boy. Okay, how about Natalie? Oh, I wish there was other guys that are shorter. Okay, Channing. Okay, so what you guys are doing? Take your shoes off. <laughs> All right, so I want you guys to do, I want you to put on my shoes. See, these are size 13 shoes, guys. Put them on. Okay, so while the printing on, let me explain something. So I'm, I wear like size 13 shoes, and obviously they don't. Um, so what they're going to do, they're going to walk around in these shoes. You're going to watch them, and let's see how they feel afterwards. I don't think they're that big. All right, walk around, walk around the room, see how it feels. See, what does it feel like to walk in my shoes? All right, Natalie, Channing, come back. Okay, I, I, got, I want you guys to here. Here's a mic. So what does it feel like to walk in my shoes? It's pretty comfortable. <laughs> oh, that's good, that's good. Natalie? Um, I probably should have tied these tighter because they feel like flip-flops. Um. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Channing and Natalie. Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> So the reason why I want, to, I want to ask a few questions to you guys. So what does it feel like to be in my shoes? These kind of questions. So do you really feel like me personally? Or are you just wearing my shoes? Um, and what does the phrase put yourself in my shoes really mean? See, from my understanding, there's two interpretations of this, right? One interpretation is that you need to understand me. Sorry. The other one is that how can I understand you as an individual? I tend to fall in place with the first interpret interpretation, making people understand what I am going through. See, an example of this would be feeling that someone owes me something. All right, I want you guys now to partner up with someone next to you. That's cool. You're next to someone, right? All right, I want you to, I want you to retell a time where you felt like someone has owed you something. It doesn't have to be like, you owe me money, you owe me things. Like that? Okay, so I want you to take two or three minutes to discuss this with your partner. Feel like you've been owed something or you owe them something. Because I have giant feet. their hand. He didn't raise his hand. Yeah. 
All right, let's come back. Let's come back and quiet down, everyone. Let's come back. All right. Finish up your story. You have like a couple seconds. Three, two, one. All right, let's come back. Let's come back, guys. So growing up as Asian children, I'm pretty sure most of you guys know. Yes, as Asian children, I said that. So play, you guys either play some sort of classical instrument or an instrument in general, or possibly go to Chinese school, right? Yeah. On the side? Am I right? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So I play the violin, if you haven't known that, um, since the age of four. Uh, Well-groomed and fed to believe that I'm the best at what I do. And it's part of my entire lifestyle. Um, I usually had to practice daily, take the time to do whatever I need to do in order to get to that point that I wanted. So why don't we skip a few years to when I was in fifth grade, after turning the age of four. I was usually, at that time, the best at what I did for playing the violin. And I felt like I was preparing to go to middle school. And so I went to a performing arts middle school, Johnston. Um, there we had to do many things and prepare to, to be the best at what we could do. So I pretty much expected to be the best automatically on that first day I walked in as a sixth grader. So, but there's a, just a disclaimer here though. I don't intend to shatter anyone's dreams and know that you are all at the best that you do, okay? So first day of sixth grade, I walk into the orchestra room um, expecting to be handed pretty much the best position there. Uh, of course, I had to audition and expected to get the best chair available, which in the first violin section. And for that, it's the concert master. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a concert master is, usually in an orchestra, there's two violin sections, first violin and second violin, and concert master is the first chair of the first violin section. So pretty much after auditioning, we got the results the next day. So when I came to school the next day, I was shocked to find out the results. I was placed last chair in that first violin section let alone the only sixth grader in that first violin section. So I kept asking myself, why didn't I get a higher chair, let alone the last chair in that section? I just couldn't believe the fact that I had to, at, at this. That, so I went up to the teacher and pretty much had to tell her off because I knew I deserved that chair. The teacher's response was, though you may have played well, you fail to see what lesson I'm trying to teach you. See, at the time, I obviously didn't see it. Pretty much my own pride from elementary school caused me to feel obligated to get that best position available. See, I felt entitled. According to Merriam-Webster, entitled means to give a title or designate, to furnish with proper grounds for seeking or claiming something. See, a simple way of feeling like, I am owed this. See, we all feel it. We all live it. But we were called to do one thing, have humility. So humility is defined as the quality or state of being humble. And humble is defined as not proud or haughty, not arrogant or assertive. So what does the Bible say about these characteristics? Why don't you find out? So if you don't have your Bibles, there's Bibles over there. I want you guys to open God's Word. Yes, Ryan, you have to get a Bible. And I need three volunteers. Let's come read. Jamie, come up. Danny. One more. Unamas. I'm going to pick and choose someone. It's going to be fun that way. Neil. All right. So the, what I want you guys to turn to is Luke 15, 11 through 32. Luke 15. 
11 through 32. For you guys up here, you can just read from my iPad. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. All right, each of you guys will read a paragraph. We'll start with Danny, then Jamie, and then Neil. Just read from here. Read it in the best voice and way, like, you can express all the words possible in there. And he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming, wait, yeah, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who he sent into his fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the paws that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. JP, next paragraph. Here. But when he came to himself, and he said, How many of my father's hired servants have, you, have more than enough bread? But I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But he... But while he was... Oh, but while he was long... Uh, <coughs> but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Going. Oh, uh, the oh, and the son said to him, Father, I I ran, ran in, but uh, I have sinned against, I've sinned against you in heaven before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the flattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this is my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Thank you, Jamie. And last paragraph, Neil. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and treated him. But he answered to his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property and your, with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this, your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Thank you, Neil, Jamie, and Danny, for reading that passage. So why bring this passage up? Why do you think? Well, there's many reasons. So here, why don't we do a quick recap? So pretty much there's a guy with two sons. Um, and he wanted to have his share of the inheritance from his father, the younger son. So the father agreed and gave him his portion of the property. The younger son gives, goes on this crazy journey and eventually spends all his inheritance. And he has, he has nothing left afterwards, right? 
And then he's forced to work by feeding pigs, and he basically wanted to eat what the pigs ate. So eventually he decides to go home and beg for work from his father, saying things like in verse 18 and 19. So what does he say? He says, Father, I have sinned against he even before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. See, trust me as one of your hired servants. Yet his father ran out to him, embraced him, kissed him. The story continues on regarding a feast and involving his elder son to feel jealous of what his brother had received. See, the elder son relinquishes the fact that the younger, brother's, the younger son has pretty much trampled on his father's fortune. See, the father continues to say this in the last two verses, verses 31 and 32. See, son, you're always with me, and all that is mine is yours. See, it was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. See, he was lost and found. So after hearing this story and this recap, what do you think? Who is the main focus on? Is it the younger brother or the older brother? Older, younger, anyone else? Okay, I heard the answer, but the actual thing I want to focus on. See, usually the story is usually focused on the younger or the older brother, but not both at the same time. What I was looking for is both. <laughs> Trick question. Just kidding. So uh, both of the sons in this parable, see, both felt entitled, but at two different points of the story. See, the younger wanted his inheritance immediately, while the older was jealous of his brother's treatment upon his return. See, this was the same feeling I felt when getting that last chair in that first violin section as a sixth grader. See, the story continues like this. After learning I received that last year, I pretty much did whatever it took to get into a better position, a better chair, and wear that first stand. See, this meant spending more time practicing, doing whatever it took. See, along the way, though, I was able to meet and understand why certain people were put into that section. It wasn't just because of their skill in playing the instrument. It was the appreciation of learning from my peers, in a sense, humbling myself. See, this is what my teacher wanted to teach, wanted to, me to learn from being the last chair in that first violin section. See, just as the parable of the younger son is embraced by the father, as was the older son, the two hold no difference in the father's eyes. Jesus would be the better brother in this story. He would be humble and not entitled. You see, Jesus is the only one who can save us from our selfish ways or selfish entitlement. See, in the parable, the Father is God, if you didn't know that. We know he sent someone to save us all. See, Jesus himself is the embodiment of the Lord. He was sent down to save us, save us from our wretchedness, our sin, and our never-ending battle with temptation of this world. See, Jesus is the answer here, guys. I know this seems like a typical church answer, but have any of you felt like you deserve something without any explanation at all? Please don't take this wrong, because I know I don't. I'm pretty sure you guys don't either. But I know someone who does deserve something, and that is God. See, Jesus is the only way to eternity, and there aren't any shortcuts or quick fixes. It's just him. He's the way. If we truly believe that Jesus died for our sins... He paid the penalty for it all. He rose again and then conquered the grave. What more is there to say 
why would God send such a perfect being to save us from our sins? Okay, I want you guys to look up Philippians 2, chapter 2, verse 7 through 11. Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 through 11. Yes, Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 through 11. All right, I'll read out. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Currently, I've been struggling with this personally. I I graduated from college like six months ago, around December. See, once you usually graduate, you feel like you should get that job immediately, and I felt that sense of entitlement. So I've been facing it daily or recently for me, so it's a continuous journey for you guys too. So it doesn't apply to you now, but there, there are, you, you guys have your own sense of entitlement right now, but you don't realize it. So what's next? How do I keep myself in check when faced with feeling entitlement? I mean, I don't have the answers to everything, but here are a few ideas to keep in mind. See, first things first, I need Jesus. So do you. He is my savior, and he is the only way. Second thing, Jesus saves me if I trust him. See, this isn't because of what I did or who I am. It's just because he loves us. He loves me. Third, remember the fact that Jesus humbled himself. Think the passage that we just read, Philippians 2, 7 through 11. It's a very important passage. It's very integral. See, and then the next thing would to be accountable for what you say and do. This means... Think before you act, guys. I know I had those moments where I say something and I don't realize what I am exactly saying. Ever had moments like that? And last but not least, have friends who can be honest with you guys. If you have good friends, it's okay to be honest with them. They should be able to handle it. But don't be blunt, of course, saying like, hey, you're stupid. Just saying. I'm sorry. (laughs) So just pull them aside. Assess the situation together with them. This means you have to be open to receive help from your friends. There isn't any shame in this. Guys, I want to leave you with this last verse, Matthew 10, 16. You can just listen to me if you don't want to turn there. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents, innocent as doves. See, this context in itself is meant for us to humble, be humble for our actions. There are so many situations where we can apply this. To finish out my story from my middle school years, through my, um, I learned the importance of keeping my own pride in check and decided to support the orchestra instead of seeking to be first personally. 
though there is something greater than me being first, and that is God. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Let's pray. All right. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this time and this chance to share the word and the, the gospel with these young men and women. I, I know they're, they're capable of doing great things, Lord. I, I pray that through, through our lives that we understand what entitlement means and how to humble ourselves from it. I know that we're all capable of great things and that we'll do whatever it takes to understand and know you more, Lord, and that what we need to do is trust in you and have faith in what you have planned for us, Lord. Give us that hope and give us that knowledge that we know that we need you first and that whatever, whatever we do, we do it for you, Lord. I hope, I pray that we seek you first in our lives and that we may be able to be humble just as Jesus was. And I pray this all in your holy and most precious name. Amen. All right, thank you, Andrew, for that message. Um, we all rise as we respond.
just thank you for letting us worship you today, Lord. Um, thank you for the message, and uh, just let us really think about how um, we got what we didn't deserve and how you gave us your love, Lord. Um, just please help us go out and make a difference in our worlds and uh, just be your disciples everywhere. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And y'all can go to lunch. Sweet.